0: I want to be out there and to get personally connected with people and say, Hey, we're this is how we're doing things and it's not maybe how somebody else has been telling you mm-hmm. and just kinda get a get the real story out there instead of a, a fake story. This is the Real Food, Real People Podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: Is a dairy farm with over 5,000 cows a factory farm? A lot of people might say that it is, but I'll let you decide after you hear from Kristen Mencinitas, our guest this week. She's a herd manager at a farm with that many cows. Why does she work there? Well, it's her family's farm, and she explains what life is like there. It may change some of your perspectives on how a farm like that works, where your milk comes from. She also opens up about being young and being a woman in a male-dominated workplace and about her family's history as immigrants to this country. Fascinating conversation this week with Kristen Mencinitis of Mencinitis Dairy in Mabton, Washington. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast, and I'm your host, Dylan Honkoop on a journey to get to know the real people behind our food produced here in Washington state. So what is it like to be involved with making food that people eat? I mean, that's what you ultimately do, right?
0: Yeah, it definitely is. And it's, um, It's refreshing when you're making, waking up in the morning and you go out and you see animals every day and then you see the end product and have people enjoy it, making memories. It's satisfying. It's knowing that you're actually doing something productive with your life and um, seeing a a good outcome come out of it.
1: So what happens with the milk that you guys produce on this dairy? Like what, who, does it become fluid milk, cheese, powder, like what? Ice cream. What? How do people end up eating it?
0: So all our milk goes to Dairy Gold, and Dairy Gold uh, produces either powder milk and goes to Asian countries, or um, exporting it, and or it also goes to cheeses, uh, butter, fluid milk. It it kind of goes in all different directions, but um, but is definitely available for everyone here locally and yeah. um, internationally as well.
1: So what's your favorite? Oh, when you're out there, when, when you're out there working on the farm, what is the dairy food that you produce here that you like the best?
0: You know, I I can drink straight raw milk, and that is something that um, I've always done since a little girl. And so I I take milk home from from the dairy. Um, I make yogurt out of it. I love yogurt. Yogurt is great for the morning. Um, I haven't been able to make cheese yet, Mm. but cheese is also pretty awesome.
1: It's a little, it's tricky, right? It's an art (laughs) to making cheese.
0: Yes, it is. (laughs) Not anybody and just everybody can just do it right, right away. So I haven't, I haven't been able to do that quite yet.
1: You say you haven't been able to do it yet, but does that mean that you've been trying, you're researching, you're going to, I've definitely
0: researched and looked into it, but I've not done it quite yet. Uh, It just takes time.
1: So if you do that, where would you start? Like what kind of cheese would you make?
0: you know, they say the easiest is mozzarella. So I don't know if I'll start with mozzarella and then make my way to like maybe cheddar cheese, but um, but something like that.
1: Nice. So on a daily basis, you're working on the farm to produce the food, but what do you, like, what is your job as part of the whole team here to make that milk?
0: So I am a herd manager. So I Mm -hmm. manage the cows um, and the people that kind of work in those areas. So That's either the milk barn, the calf department, the hospital barn. And, uh, I love working with animals. I love working with people. And so it's been kind of a good mix. I Mm -hmm. make sure that the cows are fed, uh, that the people are doing what they're supposed to be doing and, um, that, that we milk the cows correctly.
1: So what does that take to be a herd manager and really be like in tune with the herd of cows?
0: I would say you definitely have to have a passion for animals in order to do something like that, uh, and you have to be able to to wake up early in the morning and um and not be afraid to work throughout the day either i mean on a dairy there's always something that actually happens and sometimes you get called in and you have to be available and dedicated um, but the passion the passion is what drives everything
1: why is it that you have to get up early in the morning i mean that's a thing especially with dairy farmers like they're always up early in the morning why
0: you know, you got to make sure your cows are fed and you got to make mm. sure the cows are are being milked so uh, that it's a 24-hour uh, round-the-clock situation here on the dairy farm. Yeah. So waking up early, the cows are up early, the sun comes up, the cows are up. So it's it's kind of that, that mentality.
1: So what time do you get to the farm? When, when do you start work in the morning usually?
0: I usually try to get on the farm around five.
1: Five. Five in the morning. And what, what are you doing at five in the morning as the sun comes up?
0: I make my rounds and check out the girls and see if they're doing okay.
1: Yeah, so like how do you check a cow? How do you know if they're doing okay?
0: You know, I drive around and I first see if there's food available for them, if they're they're sleeping or if they're walking around chewing their cud, uh, If uh, dirt, especially in the heat months, uh, they get a little bit more stress. And so making sure that you're doing anything and everything possible to make sure that they're as comfortable, that they're relaxing, that they're laying down, they're spread out. It's 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 a good day.
1: Can you do stuff to cool them down, like if it's hot out?
0: Yeah, so we have shades available for the cows. Um, access to twenty four seven water, and we have mm-hmm. misters that mm-hmm. um, are also spraying them every so often, every seconds depending on the tep- temperature on the on the day. So keep them cool
1: so those will just come on automatically if it gets too hot or something
0: yep it's all temperature nice. engaged and so that yes they uh, go off every every so often and uh, since a cow doesn't actually sweat it's very mm. important to cool them down that way
1: yeah that's like a lot of animals are that way right like dogs too yep. that's why they pant like yep. dogs pant because their they can tongue can't out sweat. <laughs> yes but cows don't do that
0: no do they? They, well i mean if it's really really hot but not 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 naturally no
1: but basically, you guys sweat for them. You put that water yep. all over them so they can get that nice evaporative cooling.
0: Yep. And then with that nice little breeze that, that goes by, it keeps them cool.
1: And how long are your days usually?
0: And you know, it depends on, depends on the day, but you can definitely work a 10 to 12 hour day easy for sure.
1: So that's pretty normal.
0: That is very normal.
1: How many days a week?
0: Uh, six days a week, but like I said, you got to be available because on that seventh day, it could be a yeah. call-in.
1: Yeah, so who covers for you on the off day? Like you've got somebody else who is your backup?
0: You know, uh, we work as a family, so that's been very nice. I have uh, my mom and dad on the farm along with a sister and a brother-in-law, so they've definitely helped during those times. Uh, but I also have a really good team of employees that have stepped up on the plate and have taken that that role of leadership as well.
1: So how many cows are you responsible for?
0: We milk about 5,200 cows. Okay.
1: And those are all together in one place or are they kind of in multiple, like multiple farms or one one spot?
0: Nope. Everything is on one place, one location. Uh, we have our heifers a little bit about uh, five miles down the road, but mm-hmm. overall everything is on one place and we do it all ourselves.
1: How do you keep track of that many cows?
0: You know, when you see them every day, you kind of get used to it. So Mm. tracking them, they have ear tags, of course, but, um, Mm. but yeah, we've, we've done a pretty good job on tracking them with the computer and whatnot.
1: How do you do that? Like record systems? I know some people talk about like Fitbits for cows kind of things. Like, do you guys do that kind of stuff?
0: We have an RFID um, button that is kind of uh, tracks uh, her birthday, and how much milk she's milking, mm. um, and and her health record, her pregnancy record, and all of that. So uh, you can by just scanning a a scanning that button, you have that all available right there on your mm-hmm. phone.
1: So you yeah, that all just goes into a spreadsheet, and then you've got probably data for days that you can go through and see the specifics about every single cow
0: yeah so everything is on 305 uh program which is kind of you can say a spreadsheet and then Mm -hmm. yeah you can have as long as you've been with them you can go back as many years as you want so that's kind of neat about it
1: so how did you get to be the farm manager that's a pretty big role
0: yeah you know i graduated college so i grew up on a dairy farm my whole entire life Uh, Mm -hmm. it's something that i've always dreamed about coming back to but I went to college, came back, and was like, you know what? I want a break. I I want to try something new. What did you go to college for? Marketing.
1: Okay. Business
0: marketing. Oh, really? Yes. So I I thought of doing something completely different. I was going to go more into graphic design, and something just kept pulling me towards the farm, and my dad offered me like five different jobs. I turned them all down, and by the (laughs) sixth time, he's like, hey okay, I'm not going to ask again. I was like, you know what, this is my opportunity. And I Mm. I took it and and I've loved it ever since.
1: So this is the same farm that you grew up on or because you said you grew up on a dairy, but did it kind of start in a different place? It's all all been with your family the whole time, right?
0: Yeah. So we built this dairy back in 2001, but we were in a dairy back in Grandview, uh, leased it Mm. for about seven years. And then, um, and then my dad also started on a, on a very small farm with 80 cows back mm. in Granger. So we've all done farming here in Washington state, yeah. just about maybe 50 miles from each other. Uh, but, uh, but I've been on a dairy and been around cows my whole life.
1: What's your family's heritage that like, how did your dad get into it and how far back in the family does it go?
0: So my parents immigrated from the netherlands both of their parents were dairy farmers as well and uh their parents were were dairy farmers as well so
1: in the netherlands
0: in the netherlands so my dad came uh back in 89 with his wife down to california and he was a hoof trimmer and a right. mechanic and he he did that for several years he was actually a blacksmith wow i, I know very rare that you see, hear those anymore.
1: Did he do that back in the Netherlands, too? Like He had background in A little bit, that? yeah.
0: Uh, but more so in California. There was a need for it, and he had the skill, and so he kind of got sponsored through that. And then uh, saved up money and got in a partnership with one other gentleman and uh, started a dairy farm with 80 cows out in Granger.
1: Why Washington? Do you know why he decided to come up here from California back then?
0: You know, he tried a bunch of different areas, and this is kind of the spot that, that opened up, that was available, and uh, the opportunity arose. We were looking at other places, but uh, those didn't fall through. So Washington was, was the number one pick.
1: Awesome. So, and he's been dairying here in Washington ever since and just kind of growing the dairy over time?
0: Yeah. So, yes, he's definitely grown Uh He's worked uh, worked hard for for every ounce that he he has accomplished and um, definitely got the American dream that that the American Dream has a definition, but uh, has done very well and now he's got the family involved and it' been, it's been good.
1: So what was that like being around dairy as a kid? Like what kind of stuff did you do when you were a kid on the dairy farm?
0: You know, I would play in the cotton seed all the time. I remember that being a childhood memory. Uh, when the feeding was done, my mom would take us girls. I had a younger sister, and we would just play in the cotton seed for hours.
1: So what you don't grow cotton, though, right? That's something that's brought in to feed to the cows?
0: Correct. So it was something that the cows eat. It's um, very good for protein. Mm-hmm. And uh, we when was when it was available, we would get it, and it would be in a commodity mm-hmm. barn, and they would— and you can play with it. And hours and hours, it was always fun.
1: <laughs> and you get that all stuck to you then and oh, stuff? yeah, you I've come seen home with boots full cotton, of cotton seed. Cotton seed <laughs> yes. before. So you remember the good days of being a kid, playing on the farm. When did you start working on the farm?
0: I started working in 2016. Okay. Officially took the job, started working. I've done little things around the dairy growing up, but it was never anything full time, I guess you can say. Um, My dad always wanted us to get an education, go Mm. to school, have kind of a child life, do sports and and play and all that kind of stuff. So we, we were able to do that and then do our normal chores that we had to do.
1: Going back to your team and all the work that you do on the farm as herd manager now here, how many, you, you said you have a team of employees as well as the family members, you all work together how many employees do you have like that you're working with, or does this farm have?
0: So this farm employs about 60 to 65 employees year round. Mm. And I probably work around 45 of them mm. personally that are working with animals and in those departments that I, that I manage. And it's been uh it's been fun trying to build that team. It's, it's been a fun challenge. Um, you know that language barrier as well. My Spanish has definitely gotten a lot better, mm. but we uh, have a
1: lot of Spanish-speaking people on the team.
0: Yeah, it's a different culture, but it's been uh, it's been fun trying to learn it. It's kind of mm. a equal um, equal learning curve for for both on that mm. their end and on my end. But mm-hmm. um, you know, as a as a woman as well, it's been it's been fun.
1: So, well, explain that as a woman. What, what do you mean by that?
0: So. You don't see a lot of women uh, working on dairy farms. You started to see it a lot more. I it's definitely a male dominance uh, area, and yeah. um, and even just uh, working with a bunch of um, men, it's just it's just a different environment, a different mm. different perspective that you that you have to work with. I bring um, you know it's definitely something that you can mesh together and and do very well if if done very well
1: so has that been hard at times
0: yes i mean um i'm young as well mm-hmm. so i i am only 28 years old um i started when i was 24 and i think the age um definitely brought more challenges than 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 my gender mm-hmm. you would say people uh, my my experience is is I'm still experiencing i'm still learning and i'm continuing to learn but uh starting off it was a lot of challenge of you don't know what you're talking about Mm. you're young you need more experience kind of kind of attitude
1: what does your dad think about all that and how you fit on the in on the team as a young person as a woman in this team that's probably a lot of men and probably tends they tend to be a bit older than you
0: (laughs) you know uh he's been very supportive about it my you know my family has been pretty supportive about it um they they've just um encouraged me to keep going and and um to do well and always to do the right thing and um having that support has been helpful so it's it's been good
1: so, what does it take to manage that many employees? I guess we were talking about the cows, and you can check on cows, and obviously, managing cows is much different than managing employees, and workers, and people. That that's a, another whole skill set, right?
0: Yeah, it takes a lot more in, interpersonal communications and interpersonal. Um, yeah, way way different. Cows cows don't talk back as people <laughs> talk back, so. <laughs> But that's that's what makes it more um, interactive is is learning and um, having an open mind and you definitely learn that by doing this job is having an open mind being more able to to listen and that's that's probably something that I've learned a lot at a young age is yeah. is listening and, and understanding.
1: So that would be what you would say is the key to managing people is actually. Oh, no, I don't know. It's <laughs>
0: I'm still learning every day, but uh, yeah. listening, uh, you have to you have to serve before you lead, mm. and that's something that I probably would say to anybody is if you want to go in a managing role, you have to learn how to serve before you lead, and um, it's not all the time putting your hands in a pocket and directing people what to do. It's also getting your hands dirty and going alongside them and helping them learn and why and... How and what and and do all those kind of things.
1: It's become a, an increased focus. People, you know, thinking about the food that they're eating, and then and having some awareness of like, well, people helped grow this food, whether it was something that somebody picked, or was you know the team of workers caring for the cows, or whatever it might be, milking the cows. And so people want to know like, are workers being treated well on farms? What what's the key to that how do you make sure that people are being treated well in your team
0: yeah it's a very that's a very big topic and um when people start learning where their food comes from they want to know all these things and i think it's very important i you know like i said i'm still learning every single day but um one of the biggest things i try to to bring forth is communication and we are we are a family we've done this together we are a team and I can't do this without you, as you can't do this without me. So let's let's try to do this together. And trying to put a a team and us instead of I or you and we. Uh, that's kind of been my motto, and um, I think it's worked very well. But mm-hmm. um, yeah,
1: there's a lot to it, and I mean, people continue to learn new things. I think for their entire career and beyond about managing people it's a lot of work like there's no one person who has the one secret
0: exactly and i think you need to know who you're working with and the personalities and the people and uh, that all plays a a big role into things but um i think we've done a good job and we've we've really tried to bring it together as we i can't do this alone and you're part Mm -hmm. of the success of this dairy and you're part of the success of our family And to be recognized on that is is important.
1: What's been the hardest time on the farm? I know farming has ups and downs. That was my farming experience growing up. And I know it's at every farm I've been to. Oh,
0: there's so many. I mean, like you have a good day and then all of a sudden a bad day comes along and that bad day just erases that good day. Working with family has definitely brought uh, strengths and struggles at the same time. Yeah. We we do everything together. We work together. We go to church to get together, and we and then we have family gatherings together. So things just end up being sometimes always about work instead <laughs> of actually other personal yeah. relations that you would yeah. talk about in a normal family. Yeah. And so um, the stress, financial stress, has been. Uh, probably a big part of that and talking about it with our family mm. and we all take it differently and we all have different ways of grieving or different ways of handling situations and yeah. and working with the family and understanding that takes a while to figure out but once you figure it out you can um you can kind of get away through things but financial stress has has definitely brought a lot of burden on a on a family, and especially when you're watching your, your parents who, who brought this whole company together and then have a financial struggle, it's, 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 it's not easy for a kid just to watch the, watch that with their parents going through.
1: I experienced that exact thing as a kid. You know, when we had some hard years watching my parents not know what to do and saying, hey, we may have to move or you may have to leave your school. We're not sure if we're gonna be able to keep this farm going. Thankfully they were, but it really makes you, it's a reality check as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, this yes. is it's
0: tough conversations. Yeah. And it's not a lot of conversations that you have at, you know, for me, I was about 25, 26 years old when I was having those conversations. But um, I mean, there's some people that have it at younger ages and it's mm-hmm. just, it's not an easy conversation to sit down as a family and, talk about your options and where it may go or, you know, and not even knowing where it's going to go. And that's probably the uncertainty of, of going in the dairy industry. You don't know what tomorrow may bring, you know, weather has a big role in it. Economics have a big role in it and uh, you can't control those things.
1: Yeah. You talk about like tough times financially, what causes that? Is that ultimately just the market or are there other pressures that make it tough for you guys to, you know, sometimes wonder, can we keep doing this?
0: Uh, There's a lot of things that go into play on that. Uh, Definitely uh, economic, so for example, when COVID came in, Mm -hmm. all those exports and a lot of the restaurants and schools just shut down. And so then all of a sudden the market just collapsed and you were making an $18 hundred rate and then all of a sudden it goes down to 11 per Mm hundred weight and your break even is 16 (laughs) so i mean that makes things losing money so that makes it stressful and you still have bills to pay your labor is still needs to be paid you still need to feed the cows and how are you going to do that when you're not making money and um so yes there's there's that and then feed prices sometimes just continue to go up and of course labor costs continue to go up and So you have more expenses and it just gets kind of stressful at the end
1: yeah what what has the whole covid thing been like for you guys here has it been tough to manage and even just keep the operation going and stuff like that i know like we talked about how brutal it was with the actual market for milk but was it a big challenge here on the farm
0: We've had to make make a few changes, uh, you know, wearing masks, of course, um, yeah. and then uh, putting more hand sanitizers and hand washing stations around the farm. We had a lot of it already up, but we we had to put more up, of course. And yeah, you, you know, you're just you're just hoping people stay healthy and you just go home and and come to work and not do too many uh, activities Activities outside of work, Um, but
1: and you but you can't tell your employees, your team members. You
0: just only hope.
1: Yeah, you can't tell them what to do at home,
0: Mm -mm, right? So you don't know exactly. So you're just hoping that people stay healthy and they're following the state guidelines. And um, and then you know if you have a case, you have to go through this set of protocols to go through them and and just kind of chuckle through this whole this whole COVID thing.
1: Yeah. It's been crazy it's
0: been crazy a lot of extra time has been uh, been put into that yeah yeah
1: you think it will kind of change forever the way the dairy works
0: it, it can yeah i mean i i i don't know i'm i'm no uh, expert in this area but i do think that yeah. um definitely you know with schools being out that that has an effect on it exports definitely have effect on it and Restaurants are slowly getting back up, but not to the capacity that they were doing. And so those all have an effect on on the dairy industry, for sure.
1: When we started talking, you said you just had this kind of bug where you you went off to... Where would you go to college, by the way?
0: Dort. Dort College in Iowa. In
1: Iowa. Nice. Also in farm country (laughs) out there. And you came back here... And you were thinking about working professionally in a totally different field, but just had that pull to come back to the farm. What is that? What is that pull? what what what's what drives your passion for it?
0: So I've always loved animals, and there's always been something at a young age that that I've just fell in love with this dairy industry. As my sisters and my mom would always go shopping, I always stood behind and I worked with my dad and I would help him irrigate. I would be on the tractor with him. That, there was just something there that, that I grew to love. And when I went to college, I I tried to figure out you know, what I wanted to do with my life and just like any other college student. Yeah. And I switched my major like three times. Yeah. Like most other people yeah, as totally. well. <laughs> yes. And uh, decided to go uh, business marketing. I love the creativity that marketing had. Um, I always thought, you know, if I went back to the dairy industry, that is something that most farmers lack in. Mm. And then I can bring um, bring that creativity back in. Uh, but yeah, I didn't quite think yet that I wanted to go in. I tried working everywhere else. I applied yeah. to different places and didn't get those jobs. And I finally worked in... Um, at Ag Health in in Sunnyside for Mm. about a year, did marketing for him. And then, um, you know, I've always admired my dad's uh, business sense and his, um, how he achieved the whole American dream and his legacy. And it's probably something that has always pulled me back. And when he offered me the final job, I was like, you know what, if I wanna learn anything from him, I gotta work with him. Mm. And so I, I took the job and it's been, it's been a learning curve since then.
1: You talk about his legacy and, and you shared his story coming here with next to nothing from the Netherlands and, and building this whole farm. Do you want to carry on that legacy? Like, how, how do you think about that? You know, I know, I know for farm kids, including myself, it's like, what does that look like? And is that something I should be doing? And yeah, that's important to me, but how, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, the same questions. I have the same questions and I don't know quite the answer to that yet, i would love to um but i don't know what that all means yet um but yeah he he built this whole dairy from bottom up there was nothing out here it was all just sagebrush and sand and dust and he and he got a tractor and he did a lot of the the leveling himself and um yeah he created he created the whole blueprint on how he wanted this dairy and just the seeing the success that the That you see on the cow flow and the cow management that he's put a lot of thought into um it's um admiring to to Mm -hmm. have a dad that just put a lot into that
1: so do you see yourself doing this for a long time like is it like life's work for you kind of passion carry on the legacy or you're not sure i suppose you have interests in other areas so that's that that was my situation too and obviously like i'm not working on the farm right now Mm -hmm. i i went that other direction i still think about it though and I can see where you could probably think about, oh, you know, do I still keep my foot in the marketing door too?
0: Yeah, so I think uh, I I would definitely, yes, I, I want to stay in the dairy industry, whatever that means. If it's me managing, uh, uh, being a herd manager on this farm or any other farm or continuing my dad's legacy. But I, I want to stay in the dairy industry. I mean, I've definitely created a passion for it. I love cows. I love Uh, dairy products and that and Mm -hmm. I love uh, doing the marketing side of things I've been kind of doing a lot more on social media and um, and trying to get our story out and and do a little bit more creativity on on the dairy side of those things
1: why is it important to get your story out like what 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 does that look like to, to tell people about what you do on the farm
0: so every year there is less dairy farmers that um are licensed dairy farmers, so every year there's less dairy farmers in the United States, and then there's more population that is growing. So our story is getting smaller and smaller, and we're actually about, I believe, three generations removed mm. from dairy, uh from farming now. So
1: you mean the general public? Yeah, with yeah. the general public, yeah. and so
0: so uh, telling our story is important because less people know about dairies and actual no, an actual person who works on a dairy farm or a family farm. And um, somebody else is going to tell your story. So mm-hmm. I, I want to be out there and to get personally connected with people and say, hey, we're we this is how we're doing things. And it's not maybe how somebody else has been telling you mm-hmm. and just kind of get a get the real story out there instead of a, a fake story.
1: So what is the real story? Versus what people might think. Like, what's the biggest thing that you wish people knew about what it actually takes to produce milk?
0: We are humans. We oh. are just like you. And, oh. um, you know, we, we, we have a love for cows, we have a love for animals, we, and we have a love for our employees as well. We, we are not um, doing this in the sake of um, hurting anybody. Uh, we're, we're, oh. We have a passion for it, we love it and we're human. So so we're just like anybody else and we're and we're families. Where we yeah. come from families. This is not like a it's it's not um, a factory farm as some people would say. This is this is a family-run farm and we're all into it. We're all into it together. Put a lot of long hours in it and we're just we're human. So we have feelings.
1: So you would say people don't tend to recognize that. Like that's kind of misunderstood.
0: I think so. Yes, for sure. There's um, a lot of misconception on on big farms, uh, mm-hmm. and we're a big farm. We milk about 5,200, so they would consider this a mega dairy, and it's okay. Maybe a large dairy, but it's still operated by family, mm-hmm. and we, and, you know, we employ about 60 employees, and and we know every 60 employee by yeah. name. Yeah. So it's it's just it's they. I don't think they uh, understand that as much as the um, the general public puts out there.
1: Well, thank you for sharing your passion for all of this with us. Yeah, no problem. And being willing to tell your story. You know, that's what we're all about with a podcast here. So it's awesome that you kind of, you're on the same page. Like, let's reconnect our food system. Mm -hmm. You know, let's, let's bring the people who eat the food and the people who grow the food together again. Exactly I don't know why they've been divided I mean we can talk about the socioeconomic oh, you yeah. know factors that you know people in cities and people in rural areas and all that but I think there's more to it than that and, and we can o- overcome a lot of that especially with like digital technology and yes. sharing stories and getting to know each other even though we don't live in the same place or you know that kind of a thing.
0: Exactly. exactly. so
1: I appreciate you being willing to just open up and, and okay, share everything. Thank
0: you. Thank you for having me. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. These are the stories of the people who grow your food.
1: Now, don't forget, you can catch the full video of this conversation on our YouTube channel. Just search up Real Food, Real People podcast on YouTube. You can also check it out on Facebook. Uh, RFRP underscore podcast is our handle on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. We have the full video available on Facebook, as well as other stuff that's going on with the podcast. Again, this is the Real Food, Real People podcast. I'm Dylan Honkoop, and this is my effort to connect all of us together in our food system, those who produce food and those who eat food here in Washington state. And one of the things I realized as a farm kid growing, up and then becoming a professional communicator is that there are so many stories that haven't been told and there's so little that's known about the real people who produce our food here in Washington. So that's what this effort is all about to help you get to know those people. The Real Food, Real People podcast is sponsored in part by Safe Family Farming, giving a voice to Washington's farm families. Find them online at safefamilyfarming.org. And by Dairy Farmers of Washington, supporting Washington dairy farmers connecting consumers to agriculture and inspiring the desire for local dairy. Find out more at wadairy.org.